everyone, welcome to Babes on the Brink, where we are recapping Season 2, Episode 8 of The Traitors USA, Knives at Dawn. I am your faithful host, Annabelle, and joining me is the never-traitorous Chili Philly. Hello. <laughs> How are you Oh, darling, the Duchess of Deception. You could never. <laughs> what would your what would what is your um what is your title? I'm the Pharaoh of Flap Flaps in honor <laughs> of the horrific oh, yeah, names the... given to the birds um that yeah. are forever triggering me. Oh, uh, look, I I wanted to do a check-in at this point. How how are we feeling about when you how are we feeling about the season in general? When you go mm. down to sit and watch an episode, what what emotions are you experiencing, Phil? Like I was I guess I have actually been thinking this the last few weeks. Because last week's episode actually took a lot of the winds out of the sails uh, in terms of momentum, mm. I would say. And we're at this weird point where while there's still quite a few people left, so many of them are non-contributing, non-entity types. And we are now, as time is going on, we're lo- slowly more and more losing the people who are actually doing things. And I'm just fearful for the end game. But in saying that, I'm still enjoying it, but I think I'm just not as invested with some of these end game people than I were most of the people that have been eliminated at this point. I think I'm with you. Like, I I hate listening to podcasts where the people covering the show aren't enjoying the show. So I don't want to be that person. And I'm, I'm making an effort to see the positives. But I'm just not as excited as I was for Traitors UK, as I was for Traitors Canada. And mm. I know a lot of people felt that Traitors Canada wasn't that amazing. Um, but I'm... Uh, And I was trying to put my finger on what the problem was. And I think it's a combination of factors. So, yeah, I think having had a few non-elimination episodes has really killed the momentum. Um, You know, last episode, we didn't have a banishment. Then we had the failed recruitment. We had everyone safe from murder night from memory. And I think it is killing that momentum, as as you said. then there's the second point, which you completely nailed. Um, and there are so many non-entity players. It's completely normal to get to this point of a traitor's season. And 90% of the people left are, you know, not super switched on. And that's how they've mm-hmm. made it so far from, uh, from murder. But it's not about them not being switched on. It's about them being active non-participants. Yeah. So Phaedra actively doesn't want to participate in decision-making. And all of the housewives are playing the game that way themselves. Yeah. Um, and then and, and CT's playing a similar game. John's playing a similar game. And it's not necessarily coming from them just not being aware of what's going on. It's mm. coming from a deliberate playing it safe under the radar game, which is not interesting to watch. Yeah. And I think that leads me into number three issue I have, which is there's no one to root for, in my opinion. No. Yes. Like, the, the only people who are actively playing the game are Peter's party pals. Yeah. And Peter's party pals um, have been kind of set up as these slightly villainous, smug characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and And so... Uh, like I can't, there's no traitors I'm rooting for because Phaedra's just there doing absolutely nothing. Like yeah. even Sandra is intentionally playing an under the radar, do nothing game. Yeah. Like there's, there's just nobody left, Phil. No. And even just like, and not to jump to the end of the episode, but the, even the way that end just episode ended, I was like, why? It feels like, very what, produced. Like, like so- Why? Exactly. Um, So at the end of the episode, we see that Phaedra is being forced to recruit, as is natural when you're down to one traitor. And she chose to recruit Kate. And I just, it was such a boring decision. I mean, what an obvious recruitment. You know, Kate was clearly brought back in the game to be a traitor. That's what the producers wanted. And it's so anticlimactic. Yeah, and I would say, like, I loved Kate the first time, and I think a lot of it was because 
from the jump, she was just trying to break it down. She was trying to, um, she was accusing people. She was doing all this stuff. And basically for however many episodes now, five episodes, all we've heard come out of her mouth is like, I've just gotten here. Yeah. And it's like, you've been here for a while now. Like you surely can be doing something. Um, and she hasn't been, and unfortunately it's, it's so evident that she hasn't been like, it's just really bizarre. I've never sort of felt so much sort of wind get taken out of the sails of sort of, we had this big buildup of, uh, Peter's party pals, like sort of, um, coming up and their rise and, you know, they go out Dan and then we had this weird Donna limb thing. And then it's like, oh, and then another one, like, I don't know. Like this episode was really interesting because basically they've done the same thing twice where it's been the, we're doing the slow walk towards this trader, this iconic trader reality TV contestant winner to their end. And, you know, uh, Parves was a little bit more, uh, what's the right word? Like it was good to her. It was sort of like, Parv is an icon of reality TV. He, she has very little she can do, but lots of confessionals about sort of how she she's feel how she's feeling about the end and how she's really trying her hardest and lots of talking about like um, what she's been doing in her life and all this sort of thing. So it's a nice episode for sort of because for context, I saw all this the so many social media posts about Parvati going before I watched the episode, and so I was like, okay, so Parv clearly goes. But now watching the episode, I'm like, well, no wonder everybody was so flag, uh, flags half masked out the path because the whole episode was basically that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you're right. And I, I'm seeing a lot online about, um, you know, Dan ruined the season by oh. flagging that poverty and Phaedra uh. are the, are the traitors. And I disagree because we've seen plenty of traitors throw out a name on the way out. It, it's yeah. not, it, that is not the problem. And the problem isn't that there are alliances and people are, are playing it like Survivor, though that is feeding into the problem. For me, it's the choice. It, it is one group of people choosing to optimally play the game by playing under the radar and not doing yeah. anything, like yeah. playing dead. And then the other side of the house just having no idea what they're doing, sticking their head Mm. in the sands and and choosing to be non-participatory. And uh, like, you know, you, we can see people go in there and try and play a strong game and still deliver good TV. We saw that with Jazz on Traders UK. Um, We've seen, you know, um, we saw Leroy, Gurleen, like there's plenty of examples of where I'm still invested in characters at this stage of the game who've been playing the game strategically that is not what we're getting and i think phaedra honestly has a lot to answer for because when we do get to this stage of a season and the faithfuls are playing dead it's okay because we have a strong traitor to carry us through and phaedra is giving nothing like yeah yeah, she was she's given some great one-liners she's been a fun character at times but i don't want to watch a competition reality tv show where one of the main characters is refusing to participate in the competition i just don't want to watch that oh yeah even sort of i feel like at this point we're probably not going to do it in any sort of recap in order because i guess this is just a we'll get uh, there but yeah uh, we'll get a this is a gathering yeah we're gathering of ourselves but even the fact that they were so discombobulated by the mere fact that peter would ever have even considered to work with poverty at all i was like guys what what are you doing? I get it. You are playing a game. You you know she's a traitor. But if you're all so certain she's a traitor, why does it matter that it, it isn't him playing both sides or being a trap? Blah 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 blah. It's he's he's utilizing her while she has like. It's just so... He's doing a bad job of what I was doing with Sam. He's yeah. just only realised eight episodes yeah. in he needed a traitor on his side. Yeah. And I feel, honestly, like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of hype in the US from people who've not watched The Traitors before. Yes. And I'm not talking to our audience. I'm talking specifically about, like, survivor audiences who are just watching yes. this thinking, oh, my God, amazing cast. I'm like, no, Peter is wasted on this cast. Yes. Because he is in there trying to play 
play. He's being a villain that's worth talking about. Yeah. And that's so much more than the rest of them are giving. Yeah. I'm trying to think of this, like, literally no one. No. Harvey's is gone. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's dial back yeah. to the beginning. Okay. Um, so CT, I guess, has some fun character moments in here. We start off with... Um, CT and Sheree, CT spills an entire kind of jug of coffee on Sheree, <laughs> RIP. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, whoa, was that hot? And she's like, ah! I was like, okay, obviously not. <laughs> yeah, kind of been, spoiler alert, everyone, the breakfast is never hot, and that includes the coffee. Um, <laughs> CT is sort of saying, oh, yeah, I've got a bit of a romance going on with Phaedra. Ooh, we stand. Bergie was murdered. So, Phil, last yeah. week we kind of thought it was going to be Trishel because we thought yes. Phaedra might, you know, push back on Bergie a little bit because Bergie was much closer that with her, whereas Trishel's looking at everyone. But honestly, that was so full on us because when yeah. have they ever made a good decision about who to murder, no. A? And B, when has Phaedra ever participated in a discussion about who to murder? Yeah, literally, I know. It's like, it's so funny because uh, for, for everybody at home. So last night, me and Annabelle watched the latest season of Australian Survivor together. And, um, you know, as things were panning out, we'd make predictions. And basically almost everything that either of us had said sort of panned out in front of our eyes. And it made it even more exciting because we were like, oh, my gosh, this is the antithesis of this. It's like any rational decision that you could break down or analyze because they're not actually playing the game, it won't actually pan out. So while we, and I feel like we, we sort of suffered a bit of this when we watched Traders Canada, where I feel like a few things we said, because Mike and Kuzi, they chaos. did chaos, but this is in a different way. This yeah. is a, I'm not actually thinking and we kind of touched upon this last week as well. It's almost like they, these housewives and stuff like that, they're thinking about TV, but they're thinking about them being characters on a TV show, but not the game that they're playing. Yeah. And I think, look, with Traitors Canada, we were wrong because Mike brought an inventive strategy in, which was simply kill the people who are bringing your name up. And he somehow yeah. pulled that off without drawing loads of suspicion on himself. This isn't not panning out in terms of how we're breaking down a better strategic move because they're inventing a new strategy. It's because Phaedra will not do anything. So <laughs> Parvati is just up there saying, it's better for me if Trishel stays in and we murder Bergie. And Phaedra's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. When can I go back to bed? Yeah. Or even her responses are always like, yeah, yeah, you do what you have to do. Okay. But you also have to do it. You're signing off on this. The way Phaedra, the only reason that Phaedra was upset that Parvati was gone, because she was actually going to have to start making decisions up in Traders yeah. Tower. Literally. I'm like, oh. Anyway. Literally. It's yeah. just, it kills me. So post-breakfast, uh, yes, post we get, yeah, Bergie's dead, single tear. Um, <laughs> post-breakfast, we get what, which, what was high, kind of the highlight of the episode for me, and it was this moment between Parvati and peter in the breakfast room and yes. i i felt like there was sexual tension like they kept yes. looking at each other and then you could see them kind of like doing that flirt move where you look down at the person's lips and then back up at their eyes and then down yes. at their lips and back up at their eyes did you yeah. see that yeah it was sort of yeah it was very interesting to watch it's so funny because i guess it would have it that probably by default is both of their charm like their charm tactic but when they're both doing it to one another, it creates this weird moment of like, you're just having a weird sort of flirty sexual tension moment instead of a either of you. Are, and obviously it kind of worked. Like they both did decide that they were probably going to work together. But like, it was a funny roundabout way to, because they were using logic as well. Like that's the funny thing about this scenario is that it was almost like they could have just spoken it out with logic, but they both tried to pull the moves. Yeah. And it just is sort of a bit like, guys, you they're might both, not need to do this with these people. Both hey. fake flirting to manufacture charm and sexual tension. Yeah. And oh. Neither of them are buying it from the other person, but like they're still somehow managing to have a stretch hat. It was great. Honestly, yeah. I loved it. And I, I liked, Peter does loop in the party pals and says, you know, guys, look, I think 
that we need to get poverty back on side because Trishel's really pushing this idea that we should go for Phaedra instead of poverty um you know phaedra has more like parv has no one in her corner right now let's get her in our corner phaedra is surrounded by this army of uh, of not super bright housewives let's get her while we've still got the numbers before we go out and peter's like yes if poverty's in our side she'll protect us from murder i mean he doesn't say that explicitly but that's what he's saying um and so peter the king of seduction says all right i'll i'll get poverty on side you rally the troops for phaedra and and so him and um, Parvati do have this conversation where he's sort of pretending he doesn't suspect her anymore. They call a truce. She doesn't buy that he doesn't suspect her anymore, but he do- she does buy, I think, that he's he's coming for Phaedra rather than her. And this is why I think it was too little too late. Like, if you need, if you're going to play traitor's pet, you can't come in after eight episodes of trashing someone yeah. and then all of a sudden, like, lie on your back with your tail in the air and say, can I have a scratchy tummy? Like, yeah, you've yeah. got to be getting your tummy scratched from day one, you know? Yeah, and that's, and hey, it's the the, the main thing that I've learned from all these seasons of watching it and you've told me so many times, it's like, those initial connections matter. It's sort of really funny because especially with Parv, when I was thinking about her over this last week, there I feel like probably outside of Cook Islands, almost every single season of any of these last or these five shows that she's been on, every time, for some weird reason, everybody targets her first. Yes. And it's weird. Um, and I guess I get it in some ways, but also like it's strange that it's always a recurring thing. Like, as in the majority of the time. Um, but, and I don't know if uh, Steve, I don't know why I call him Steve, Peter, <laughs> what has ever watched Survivor, but he should have maybe identified that that could, and hey, this is me retroactively thinking about all this stuff. They obviously wouldn't have had this sort of thought process in the moment. But Parv is somebody who naturally always gets that target on her back straight off the bat cruising up to her immediately would have been to everyone's best benefit. I agree. If you all think she's a traitor off the bat, then guess what? She's your best friend. Yes, totally. And she'd appreciate it, A. And B, she's so hard to kill. Like for someone who's had heat since episode one, before they even were actually a traitor, um, we're eight episodes in and it was still close, you know? Yeah. Um, she's the trader daddy of my dreams. Like that's yeah. who I want. And the problem is anyway, the prop, the problem a lot of people are having here and, and what Peter's party is suffering with his party pals is that, you know, he, they're himbos at the end of the yeah. day. So yeah. there's now some of them are not quite grasping what he's doing. We'll see by the end of the episode that Kevin's actually, having conversations with um, MJ from the housewives about how he's now suspicious of Peter when, you know, we see right here after breakfast, Peter clearly explains to Kevin his strategy and why he's doing what he's doing. That said, I think the fact that Peter perhaps didn't tell them that in the last episode, he'd had that discussion with them both Phaedra and Parvati about working with them in the armory is what's come back to bite him because by pretending this was a new and fresh idea um, and not keeping them looped in on the whole thing, perhaps that's what's, what's casting light on him in a suspicious way. Well, yeah, because it's this, it's this thing that comes up with almost every single show. If you start removing people's agency, if you start making moves for them, if you don't consult them, even if it's, you're baiting them to reach a conclusion, then they're always going to not be um, satisfied when you do pull those moves. And it happens almost every time. It's it really like, does. It's like, what? How yeah. dare you do something, even though you actually explicitly told me before um, that blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, it's because they didn't actually have any, they weren't there in the moment. So, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Peter, but you, unfortunately, this, the sad thing about all of P- Peter's mistakes is that he, 
this is his first time playing this with a whole bunch of people who, and we've said it already, but like who have zero interest in playing a game and a bunch of people who've played the game multiple times. And for his first time, he's the only person who's really doing really well. And unfortunately, I don't know if he'd ever go on any other show. Um, but he's showing potential of being really good at a show, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, he's still grating. It's still, you know, <laughs> um, Phaedra says at the breakfast table, if you're going to be a Sherlock Holmes, be a nice Sherlock. Don't be Sherlock the dick. Um, <laughs> and like, I'm kind of with her on that. He's not being a rootable, uh, in all no. senses of the word, um, traitor hunter. But he's, for me, still one of the shining lights of the season because at yes. least he's having a go. Yes. So we get to the challenge, and this is another thing. I'm so sorry, listeners. I didn't mean to come on here and whinge for the whole time, but um, we get this We get this mission, and I felt like the Dr. Will piece fell really flat because the whole Dr. Will of it all, the big moment was going to be seeing him with these legacy big brother players in Dan and Janelle. Um, and because they're both gone now, which yeah. I feel like production should have known, like the big game players were going to go early. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a non-reaction. Only Sandra yeah. really recognized him. Yeah. Um, and so all we saw was this like weird vampire man with too much plastic surgery yeah. sitting around with a dog. Yeah. And they're like, walk up to him real gingerly, like, hello. <laughs> and then yeah. he's like, and they're like Sandra's like oh hello I know you it's like it was really it I don't why even bother like clearly they asked him to be on the show and he's like I'll do a cameo oh at that point don't even bother I think this would have really slapped if it had been in like episode two or three like I think if we had had that and we'd had the big reaction from Janelle or Dan that would have been iconic and this i'm saying all of this as someone who doesn't watch big brother i don't i'm not going to fully appreciate dr will's legacy i understand he's a big deal um but i'm a little bit i i was so i was like okay maybe it's me maybe i'm the problem i'll have a look and see what the big brother players are saying on reddit and and i think they had a similar sentiment where it was like We've been waiting our entire lives to see Dr. Will on our television again. And it was just like the air fart noise as the airs let slowly out of the balloon because there was nobody there to have the appropriate reaction it warranted. Yeah. Because I I remember when I think he he had a similar-ish appearance in the All-Star season of Big Brother that happened during um, lockdown. And he like was like up on a on a balcony, and he was like in a robe. I think some of Janelle's tweets reference this. Okay, and that's sort of like it. He just saw everybody was like, "Oh, he's coming back!" And then he literally just was like, "Hello!" Like he gets paid so much. I think he does their little end of season roundtables. Like that's his sort of main thing he does in relation to Big Brother now. But outside of that, it's like. I, what's even the point? Like, I don't think anybody wants to see, let's say, uh, let's say maybe what would an equivalent person be? It has to be like an early season. Let's say like, oh, it can't be Rob, but like Colby, uh, Tom Colby West. Colby Donaldson, yeah. 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 T- Colby Donaldson comes out and he's just like, hey, yo. And then he's like, come in. Yeah. Well, what is going to happen? Like, everyone's like, I don't remember that guy. No, I need Tina there shrieking. Um, yeah, 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 I don't know. The whole thing was just a little bit odd. Um, and so, okay, so we get into the mission of it all. The people who had watched previous seasons already knew that they were about to enter the little house of horrors. Um, the housewives who've never watched a season had no idea and didn't understand. So all (laughs) of the people who've played a competition reality show before or are not housewives, um are put into the tunnels to scrape through the mud the rats the cockroaches the everything else to go and find the gold meanwhile kevin and the bravo lebs are all upstairs in the uh little hotel room or the cabin or whatever you want to call it the cabin in the woods and so basically the premise of the mission is someone in the cabin has to hold down the lights 
for the people in the tunnels. Um, that will turn off the lights in the cabin, but it'll turn on the lights in the tunnels. But also the people in the cabin have the map, so they need to give instructions as well. So sometimes they need to let the lights back on in their, their cabin. However, there's an additional problem, and that's when the lights go out in the cabin, bugs are dropped on them, and apparently urine as well. And so <laughs> within about 10 minutes, all of the Bravo Lebs, the housewives plus Kate, have run screeching out of the cabin, crying over some cockroaches. Was this unexpected? No. no. I wasn't mad about it. I don't really care if people want to throw away money. Go for it. But I felt, Phil, like it just added to that tone of non-participation from yeah. the barbers. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like, had they not watched the show? Like, well, obviously they had, I don't know. No, they've not watched but, the show. No, like, what, what, I don't know what they were expecting. Like, I don't know. I want a big reaction. I don't mind yeah. a little bit of screaming, but it's like, oh my god! Now they won't even participate in the missions either. Yeah, they're, they're giving they're giving them too many outs. Like I don't know what because it's almost like casting was like, okay, we're doing full reality stars. I think the thing that sort of worked. Now thinking about it out loud, the thing that made the um the previous season kind of work with um Kate and Brandy and all them was that we had plebs. So we had random plebs who um, instigated things and, you know, they hated that Michael guy and all this. Like there was stuff, but when they can almost in a large enough group sort of unite over like, ah, yuck, then it sort of creates this like group mentality where they can just do things together and there's no, no one pushing back because the other people are doing their own separate thing. But if you had like a few randos who might actually react to stuff like that, that is what makes it spicy, but like, yeah, there needed um, to be someone to get angry with them for yeah. for for leaving the the mission, and I think you've you've just hit the nail on the head. So the problem is, like, you have the housewives in there to start fights and start drama, but you need there to be someone for them to start drama with. And yeah. the problem is that all of the good game players are aligning themselves with the housewives and playing dead in the form mm-hmm. of CT and Sandra. So yeah. that in, we now end up with this big kind of kumbaya situation yeah. where, and it's so like, it's not fun. No, like your season of the traders is, was more intriguing because more random stuff was happening. And there was more someone to root against. Yeah. Like at the, yeah. in the same way that there's no one to root for, there's also no one to root against because I don't, care phil i just don't care i don't care about any of them someone listeners tell me who should i care about because i don't i've run out of cares well to be honest i feel like the show wants us to root for sandra i think they do but i don't because she's not (laughs) she's and i'll tell you this is this is my prediction for sandra sandra's like yeah i'm tightly aligned with the housewives and what i'm gonna do is like once the numbers are down in Peter's party pals, I'm going to turn the numbers against the housewives so that it's just me and some of them at the end. And then I'm going to convince them all to turn on Phaedra. And I'm just telling you right now, like she's out there on social media complaining about how this game isn't fair. It's because she's not going to get the numbers to turn on the housewives yep. because yep. Phaedra and Kate, who are both Bravo lebs, are going to be up there in Traders Tower murdering everyone except for their besties. And Sandra yep. is bottom of the totem pole when yep. it comes to the Bravo lebs. Like she is gone long before she gets that choice. And even yep. if she does get to the end, she's never going to persuade the Kumbaya Bravo lebs to turn on each other <laughs> because they have to be on TV together for another 10 years. And it's yep. just not worth it for them. Yeah, literally, literally. It's like, unfortunately... Yeah, people who are on uh, who are not on their radar and just going to get eliminated. Um, Kevin, Peter, John, um, Trishelle. Like, once they're all gone, and it's what Sandra and the housewives, and what CT. Oh, then Sandra's gone. Yeah, maximum of two Bravo lebs per season. Like, there yep. were too many housewives here. And it has stimmied the drama and their capacity to make drama. And it's stimmied the gameplay because they're not playing the game. Yeah. They needed, they needed, if they're going to do multiple housewives, they have to be from different franchises. They can't have multiples that are on the same one because they're not going to do anything. Yeah. They're straight up not going to do anything. Sheree done nothing. Phaedra done nothing. And they're on the same one, right? 
They're yeah. probably from, from Atlanta. Well, I don't know, but they all know each other. Like, have a housewife yeah. from the UK and a housewife from the US. Like, let's have make sure that their careers are not affected by pissing each other off. Yes, yeah, literally. Or just branch out to other rando shows. They don't all have to be Bravo Kevin's shows. Kevin's been great. Kevin's been kind of fun, honestly. Like, he's yeah. Yeah, in not retrospect, amazing, he's, but he's hey, there. Yeah, he's, he's at least questioning things. Yes. He thinks things are weird. Yeah, he has, a, you know, he's not afraid to upset the housewives. Yeah, he took, wait, who did, oh, he took a shot at Janelle. Yeah, <laughs> he know, took like, a shot at Janelle. He's taking shots at Phaedra. He's telling her, I mean, who else would dare tell Phaedra that she has a twitching eye problem, which, let's yeah. be honest, is probably caused by her over-the-top eyelash extensions. Yeah. Um, what and also, like, what happened to MJ? I thought at the beginning she sort of showed some sort of something, and now she's just become this weird mean lady that just like walks into rooms and eavesdrops, like, she doesn't do anything, supposedly. Yeah, it's I really could, inter- was there a lot more going on, and we're just not seeing it. I, I don't know, I don't know. I think also, and I think I said this to you after we recorded last week, but like, I think one of the weird sensations that sort of is now happening from sort of watching multiple seasons of the same show at the same time, but also watching other shows at the same time is that we, we kind of exit, we're sort of going through this weird process. And especially when there's like people from the same, like in this context, there's people who are from Survivor on this show. And we're also watching Survivor at the same time. And then we're watching Traders UK, which while crossed over with this, and we're having this weird sort of sensation where um, these shows aren't isolated in their own experience. And so all, all we sort of have in our minds is that we watch something that um, does satisfy, like Traders UK from beginning to end, every episode, every, there was a consistent storyline between the weeks, like they were in three week episode blocks. There was a storyline between those three episodes. And so by the time we ended on the last episode, um, of the week, we were like, what's going to happen next? And then it would play out in the net. Like, everything was so constructed. The ending was satisfying in a way that you could see the process of how that happened. This is different. This is, I don't know what the storyline for this is. There's, I don't, it, because the only reason why I think Sandra we're meant to be rooting for is because they include so many confessionals of her saying, I'm going to be the winner. I'm the queen. I'm this, that, which I think Sari got quite a bit of that. In her, so we're sort of bent, but I can't think of a least satisfying conclusion if it's anyone but Sandra, Peter, Trishel. I'd like, honestly, I don't. What has Sa- I, I like love Sandra. We've not seen her do that much. No. Like she's had some ideas, none of them is, have been executed. She just went to sleep and, yeah, and massaged Phaedra the whole way through in the background. Like yeah. we've not. And I mean, don't get me wrong, we've had some profoundly unsatisfying traders' endings, but I think the the three factors I said before, the lack of rootable characters, um, the slowing in momentum from the non-elimination episodes and so many people playing dead is just being a killer combo. All right. So back to finding something positive. So we see a cute, we see a cute conversation between Parvati and John, and I, I don't think that this is so much um, included as a, as a big strategic moment. Though I suppose it's trying to make the the Parvati banishment seem less certain. Um, but I think it's more about humanizing Parvati and understanding, yeah. like she's had a really rough couple of years, and and explaining why she might not be playing her best in this game. We hear, look, I've, I'm just on the defensive. I've got my back up against the wall. I'm sorry that I've not been all as cuddly as, uh, as possible. And I thought John was really nice about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was really nice. He was pulling a bit of a, I wasn't quite sure what the face he was pulling was meant to be. Who we here like mouth open. I wasn't sure if he was kind of like taking the piece like, uh, or, ah, but it was like, this is what I mean. Like this episode was the humanizing path, um, giving her a worthy send off. It wasn't a bunch of dirt people because I guess if they'd all been basically assuming she was a traitor this whole time, they wouldn't really have much to bring up at the round table outside of, Hey, we're finally taking our shot all on you. 
Um, so yeah, it was, it was very nice. Um, wholesome moment. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Peter's party pals are trying to rally votes against Phaedra. Um, and we see them having a chat with Kate. Kate's not buying it. Um, she's not interested in going against any of the Bravo Lebs. Uh, but Phil, Trishel's been taking notes, okay? <laughs> that is being that has been my favorite meme out of this episode. Because I that's all I saw on, on Reddit was like. Trishelle and her notes. Are they even allowed notes? Like, what is these notes that she's speaking of? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, guys, they can probably write notes. Oh, we were not allowed notes. Let me tell you. Hot tip. I was secretly writing in the margins of the book I was allowed to re- bring in liquid eyeliner, okay? We oh, certainly funny. weren't allowed a pen and pad, and we certainly weren't allowed to openly discuss the fact we were taking notes. It was done very covertly. How funny, because um, cause somebody on Reddit pointed out, because there's that whole storyline that Brandy left the piece of paper behind when she got oh, murdered yes. or whatever. So it's like, so they, they clearly are allowed notes or the ability to write. So I think you guys got a bit. I don't think the other versions well, are. Maybe they the Bravo lebs need to be allowed to write notes or they... Or else they can't comprehend what's happening. I know. Well, look, when you're having that many prescription painkillers... Also, um, my fa- also my favorite thing is you can, when you every time you say ra- um, Bravo Lebs, I know you're c- combining Bravo and celebs, right? Yes. But I keep in my mind keep thinking you're saying Bravo and plebs. Ah! <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the Bravo plebs. <laughs> the Bravo. Maybe lebs. I should make it Bravo lesbs, and they can be the Bravo lesbians to make, yeah, make them a little bit Bravo lesbs. yes um all right so kate's not having any of it and sandra's not having any of it either we actually have this kind of hilarious moment i mean hilarious is a stretch but it's it's a fairly amusing moment when um phaedra enters the room as they're all gossiping about her and how she's a traitor and then they all just kind of get up and leave yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. But I love the, this reoccurring sort of uh, somebody enters a room, they do something weird and awkward, and then they... Uh, surely, because I feel like in... And and I was thinking about this just then with the UK one, like, obviously, uh, comparisons uh, they were happening at the same time. But, like, I swear there wasn't that many of these weird scenarios where everybody just straight up shuts down. Like, it's almost like they almost can't process being able to create a random other conversation in the moment. They're like, oh, um, oh, no. The we scene had- has ended, everyone. The scene has ended. Let's get our scripts and go yep. to the next room. Yeah, chopped up. Chopped um, up. We, we also, I think that because the last vote to be revealed, which was going to reveal if it's a tie or if Parvati's going home, is CT. Quite a lot of time is invested in this episode in who is CT going to vote for? On one hand, he's got a showmance with Phaedra, but it's not just about love for CT. He's here to play a game and get out the traitors. So maybe it is Phaedra. Maybe Phaedra is a traitor. Spoiler alert, everyone. He's not going to vote out the traitor who he's been marinating this whole time. Yeah, I know. I There's something about CT in this episode that I feel like, I like he, he like, I feel like he was on a slow, or, or at least on a steady sort of level in mood. And, you know, we've showed him talking to Trishelle and all this sort of stuff. And there's always been absolutely no payoff for that outside of their weird tiff in the last episode. Yeah. I like, mean, what information are they sharing? How are it, they working yeah. together? They are not. They are absolutely doing nothing to work together because Trishel's absolutely, like, he should be on her side for all of this. I hope this not. gets wrapped up because you're right. We had that moment in the gazebo at the start. Yes. Then yep. we had that weird moment last episode. Is this going to be a loose end or are we going to finally get a payoff for this storyline? I don't know, team. Let's watch and wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I know. My favourite thing about watching the trade is the payoff for the CT and Trishel storyline. Yeah, that's what this, <laughs> whole, this whole season's leading towards. Oh, my gosh. Imagine it's those two 
at those two and like Phaedra at the fire pit. Oh and CT God. has to choose between Trichelle and Phaedra. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're if right. That's, that's the like... end. Then guess what? It's all worth it. Oh, yeah. Totally. That's totally what's happening. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be Sheree, John, MJ, and Phaedra. And everyone knows Phaedra's a traitor, but they still let her win anyway because they're all frightened of her. Yeah, that is so funny. I don't know why I found that so funny. <laughs> it totally will happen. They're like, we know she's a traitor, but she can win. <laughs> like, we'll let her have this. Yeah. It's like, you tried, to, you did the best, Phaedra. We just let you do nothing the whole time. Oh, um, all right. So we're going into the round table and it's, is it going to be true? Is it going to be poverty? Is it going to be Phaedra? Um, poverty opens up the round table coming in to defend herself. Um, and it's, it's really John who comes for her here. Um, <laughs> which was wild, but like, thanks John, you're giving us something. Then Peter and Trichelle decide that they, okay. King Peter, Lord, Royal Highness Peter has decided, everybody, that Parvati could be a faithful now. So yeah. um, actually it's Phaedra who's the traitor. And I don't know if you heard, but like Trishel has this notebook. She's taken some notes. Um, apparently she has pages of notes, but the only two things we heard were that she was, her reactions at breakfast were suspicious, which I've yeah. got to tell you, Dan got absolutely destroyed for. So yeah. Yeah. She only got a little bit on that one. And then the obvious piece, which was like, Dan clearly was trying to feed us a faithful. Yeah. Phaedra is a traitor. Yeah. But all the Bravo Lebs rally, they're like, oh no, I actually think it's really suspect that now Peter thinks Parvati is faithful, which I agree. It is weird. Like, why are you doing this at the round table, Peter? But Peter yeah. doesn't care because Peter has main character syndrome. So Peter's going to do it anyway. Um, and okay, question. Yeah. Has John left the Himbo's Alliance? Because I don't remember seeing him in any of the scenes where Peter's looping them all in on his plans. And yeah. also he votes for Parvati at this round table. I think he's been booted from the party pals. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, he must have, he must have gone, he must have flipped. He must have done a survivor flip to the housewives. I don't know why. Maybe he's not here for the strategy <laughs> from the party pals. Which, to be fair, by the end of it, Kevin has also flipped. So maybe maybe it was just too much for them. I think that he feels that perhaps, and of course we're seeing none of this. This is just us reading into nothing. Yeah. Maybe it was off-putting for him how they were locking people out of rooms and they were being very socially off-putting and he could kind of read that um that wasn't a great group to be associated with and yes. so he's trying to play more of a floater role well yeah because like I, when he comes into the breakfast they're all like our favorite politician i don't even know what side he's on in he politics. was a tory he's a conservative oh, okay so wow okay amazing guys great job for loving him um but yeah it's clearly he has a lot of social capital and I feel like maybe a huge part of that is that he's detached himself from those people. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, all right. So they're pointing out Kevin has some damning evidence in uh, Phaedra's twitchy eyes. Phaedra kind of comes back at, at, at all of this saying, look, you know, wouldn't Dan want to protect the traitors? I think it's really weird. You're defending poverty now. I think she does a reasonable job of deflecting. Yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't really matter because she's got such solid numbers, right? Like she's got the three housewives um, plus Kate's, I guess, included there. Yeah. We're never going to ever turn on her. Yeah. She's got Sandra and CT who are happy to play dead and would have invested more energy in keeping her sweet than poverty. So they're going to stick with her. Mm. Um, so that's a, that's a solid five on her side. And then like the himbos can't keep it together because you've got John who's just totally rogue. And even though Kevin does vote with the party pals at this round table, 
after the round table, he's now cozying up to the housewives and considering taking down Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's so, yeah. It's so interesting how I, I, yeah, basically we should have anticipated this happening just by the value of numbers. Cause I feel like throughout the episode, the more, especially once I got rid of Bergy, I realized, Oh, they have like no one. No. Well, we, we, we were saying this. We said earlier in the season the housewives have are going to run the house and then when they got a few of their numbers taken out, that was good for them because they could dip back under the radar and it wasn't yeah. until, you know, like it, it would be too late by the time people remembered they were there. Yeah. Um, and then we were up argument with the party pals was always that they were a small group with no traitor on their side so they were doomed anyway um so it it, it makes sense that the game has turned out this way parvati reveals of course she's a traitor the party pals are feeling a bit sheepish because now it looks like they weren't in on getting rid of a traitor even though everyone knows that they know that parvati's a traitor yeah um and um Anyway, and and the notebook. I'm burning the notebook. The notebook oh. is doing more in this episode than, frankly, half the cast. Yeah, literally. I love that this was Trishel's breakout episode, and like, what, what was it? Um, I want to like Trishel. I want but to, like, but I'm just, I don't. Like, she's trying, but uh, yeah, it's like almost too little, too late. She came for peppermint. Yeah, she came for pe- way too early. Came came for pep, and that was the end. Um, all right. So, uh, all right. What do you think about Peter's conversation with Kate after this? I found it really interesting. Um, I don't know what. Okay, this was the moment where I'm like, "What has Kate even done?" The nothing. second time, literally nothing. nothing. What weight does she have amongst these people? Yes, she butts in at the round table. She always is such a contrarian. Um, but what's, she's not the person to be pulling aside. No, this was, you needed to pull aside Sandra here. This was not a conversation to be having with Kate. You are not going to get the Bravo Lebs on your side with this. And you cannot explain your, your logic with game logic to people who do not understand games. Yeah. The game, the game that been playing for two weeks yes and and like you know sandra might have turned around and said i don't give a shit like you're on my naughty list peter um and gone around trashing him to everybody else anyway she's already telling the others oh he's you know it's weird that he's doing this it's suspicious that he's doing this even though she probably understands what he's trying to do but i think he would have a better go of it with ct or sandra than he would with any of the housewives yeah and and what I just don't understand why he hadn't <laughs> like it's weird. Is it because he because it's like okay, Peter, you you actually tried to work with Parv, who is a game player, and she actually was like, "Yep, yeah, fuck it, let's do it." Why don't you just try it with the remaining people? You're already working with Trishel. Oh, he's well, he's blown it by investing in the last five episodes in this same tiny group of people, the most <laughs> faithful of the faithful, uh, who aren't none of them are traitors, and then putting a huge target on their backs by coming for every traitor all at once. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like they've gone for every single traitor now. Yeah, and now he's realizing, oh crap, I need a traitor on my side, scurry and do that. Oh crap, I actually need more numbers than my dwindling numbers. I better go and try and make friends and talk to people who aren't just in my tiny alliance. Yeah. And explain my strategy to them. But it's it's too little too late. Do you think maybe the payoff that this is that Kate's been recruited and then she does become his traitor's pet? Unlikely. I don't think Kate's that I guess kind of person. Kate, I guess it's Kate and Phaedra together who both yeah. will do nothing. Like, uh, yeah, okay, so let's get to that. So they have these discussions. The tides are turning against Peter, and the only real piece of gossip I've got from the podcast this week is that Parvati said, yeah, basically, if we hadn't had that uh, non-alim um, last week where we had the safety chain of who was safe, Peter was going to be banished. 
Um, and if Peter wasn't banished, he was going to be murdered. Um, so instead, we're just getting delayed gratification on that, where um, he's obviously not banished this episode and he can't be murdered because it's another recruitment. So he's probably going to be banished next episode. However, Phaedra has to recruit, which means we're getting another non-murder night. Um, and she chooses straight away to nominate Kate, which we've both said we found thoroughly underwhelming. Who Hi. who do we think she should have recruited instead? Um, well, she could, okay, so she could either pick somebody who already has heat on them. She could, who, who then would, because I was thinking it's like she, if she would, if she could, if she wanted to, she could just have fun and just constantly recruit people who were basically going to get banished next and just go on a strange immunity run where, okay, it's, she recruits Peter, Peter gets banished. She recruits Trishel, Trishel gets banished. She recruits Kevin, Kevin gets banished. She recruits Sandra, like she could have, she could potentially have done something like that. Um, obviously it would just make the game super slow because basically you're constantly recruiting instead of murdering. But, um, I feel like she should have just, well, I don't know who is good for her because she doesn't do anything. We have multiple problems here. So the first (laughs) problem is Phaedra doesn't understand that the aim for a traitor is to get to the end and be the only traitor. She thinks that you're supposed to all stick together and then you can split the money at the end. Maybe you can split with two traitors, um, but she certainly doesn't understand that mechanic, right? So she's she's wanting to re- recruit somebody who she wants to play with, who's got a stronger personality than her to make all the decisions for her. Yeah. So she's nailed that assignment in Kate. Uh, snooze fest whatever the second problem and this is something that we've not really seen play out is that everybody except for peter's party pals who know that peter turned down a recruitment Mm. should think that with poverty banished there are still two traitors left in the game yeah so unless that has leaked to the rest of the cast they should believe that this will be the recruitment of a third traitor. Yeah. Which would make the end game more interesting because they would theoretically keep banishing and banishing and banishing. Yeah. They wouldn't call it at the round table or yeah. at the fire, I should say. But the yeah. fact that we've not heard anyone say that, specifically Sandra, who's the most likely to say something like that, makes me think that we've seen something that wasn't shown, that everybody yeah. knows that was a failed recruitment. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Sorry. I, you lost me for a second there. Now I know what you're saying. Yes. It was a failed recruitment because Peter didn't tell anybody. So yes. Oh yeah. So there should be, there should be a shit ton of traders technically that yeah. they haven't, they haven't gotten yet. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I originally thought she was just going to recruit Peter, but, but that was a poverty thought plan, whatever. Like I, it would have been funny if she, they, she just kept trying again. I think think for her strategy, Kate's fine. Kate's good. People will suspect it's her once it gets to a certain point because she came into the game so late and they think there's so many traitors left. They also, she doesn't have the same housewife connections with Sheree and MJ that Phaedra does have. And she doesn't have the connection with CT. So I actually think strategically it was a great decision for her. TV-wise, it was a snooze fest and I don't care. Um, However, it's not like a direct recruitment. So last episode, I uh, suggested that perhaps the safety chain was an alternative to the dungeon twist, which we haven't seen yet this season. So this season famously has recycled all the same twists and missions as the second UK season. But what Mm. we haven't seen yet is where they lock three people in a dungeon or four people in a dungeon together for a day. And only one of those people can be murdered at night. And always it seems one of them ends up getting banished as well. So what we do see though, is that Kate is not directly recruited up to Trader's Tower. She's sent to a dungeon. So I'm wondering if this is the dungeon twist and now Phaedra has to choose like two other people to stick in the dungeon with her. Yeah. Mm, And then let's say, so she's basically signed Kate up to be a trader. So if Kate does get banished or whatever, she says, I'm a trader. 
They're like, we got another one, even though she basically had zero opportunity to ever be a traitor. Yeah, and or, or it's like one of these people are going to be murdered tonight, and then they still murder Peter. Oh, sorry, they still banish Peter or whatever. But so I don't know how. I, I just think, why would they put her in a dungeon if they weren't going to bring back the dungeon? The yeah. Dungeon oh no, it's definitely going to have to be the because they haven't. Uh, they've done a. Um, they've done the drink thing, but they haven't done a mark for murder or whatever. Yes. Yes. So this. Yeah, the death row thing. So I guess this is going to have to be that. But they've started it off by it literally just sending the person she recruited or sent an ultimatum into the dungeon. So surely she's going to get a letter when she arrives there that saying she's been recruited and she has to just be a traitor now. And then they're going to send three people, two or three people in there. And then basically, if she survives, she gets to go to Trader's Tower and basically gossip with Phaedra about what happened down there. Yeah, I think it, I agree. I think it will, it'll be something like that. I'm just, I, again, oh, I'm such a negative Nancy. It is kind no. of boring how many times now we've had and only one of these three people can be murdered. Yeah. Like, how many times do we want to do this? Well, I think that's, again, like I said, I think the thing is, and probably why we're feeling the exhaustion of this, is because not only are they inserting non-Olymp... Like, I kind of liked when the weeks were sort of matched up and we saw sort of outcomes of the two same two things. But now it's sort of getting to the point where it's like, okay, we've seen this actually play out way better we don't need to do with a better set of people. We don't need this like a month later and be less entertained. Or the fact it's one episode a week. So we're having to yeah. a long time between episodes. Yes. So when it, it fizzles. Yes. Actually, I think that's the, do you know what? You might've called it because we're watching what Survivor three nights a week. We watch Traders three nights a week. We're getting these lump. And like I said, we're getting these solid three episode chunks of storyline where everything plays out and it ends at a, and at a proper pinpoint in the game of any of these games. Like mm. with Survivor, we're, go, we're getting through that sort of initial three, the next three, the swap, the merge. And sorry to talk about Survivor, but I guess there's the Survivor contestants on this season anyway. Um, and then with this, it's like, you know, you get up to a certain point where you know, the the traders survive up to a certain point unless they get murdered really early. Um, and then, you know, then there might be a recruitment, like those are real pinpoint things. And then there is the, this week is the week where they do have the um, death row. And then, so that plays out from an episode to an episode, but because it's one week, one week, one week, it sort of is like, well, we have to wait for next week for the death row episode. Like I want to see the payoff. I want to see the payoff immediately. Um. Yeah. So look team next week, we will come back with revitalized energy. We'll be yes. passionate about this. We'll be super behind John or whoever we've decided is our hero of the season. Kevin, As we I watch- think it sounds like Kevin. Peter get banished um, <laughs> and some other rando on death row is up for murder. Yeah. In the meantime, we love and adore you all. Chili Philly, where can the people find you? What have you got going on? Um, you can follow me um, on Instagram at Chili Philly, on Twitter at the Chili Philly. Um, I am recapping Australian Survivor uh, this season with different guests every week. Um, and so, and I, I've been releasing them on Saturdays because just the way the, when I record it, when I can edit it and all that sort of stuff seems to be, it's a good weekend sort of activity for you all to do before the week restarts. And plus all we do is hot takes. We don't really do an analysis, a deep analysis of every episode. So I feel like it's a good little afternoon activity for you guys to do, um, whether it's on Saturday or Sunday. Um, so yeah, um, and you can follow us on Babes at the Brink. <laughs> Me and Baden had some ideas last week for posts. Still haven't done them. Um, we'll get there. I guess the weeks oh. just these weeks are just formatted so weird that like I just never end up rolling around to thinking about doing it. And by the time I do, it's like Sunday and Survivor's on again. 
our socials will be popping off one day. You'll see it. Um, yeah. Yes, everyone. And thank you to everyone who's been leaving us ratings and reviews. I actually, I had screenshotted one um, that I was going to read out this episode, but my phone died and is in the other room. So I'll read that next week. Thank you. We really, really appreciate it. Babes on the brink, please follow us. You can find me at Annabelle CE on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, last week, I was a guest on Silent Podcast with Sarah Carradine discussing Survivor Australia. Um, listen to me talk about why Mark needed to die. And <laughs> coming soon on Silent Podcast, I think in a couple of weeks, I'm going to start um, recapping Alone Australia. Ah. It's naked and afraid, but with pants on and more crying. We love it. Um, anyway. We all, thank you so much, everybody. See you again next week. Positive vibes only. We adore you. It was just this episode was a little lackluster. Bye. Bye. 